sometimes people, we love them and we're people too, but we make some decisions that are really foolish or self-destructive or self-harming. I don't know if any other just sort of categorical examples come to mind for you. No, I mean, there's people we love and we don't want them to respond out of fear. And we can all be tempted to do that in these seasons. And so, yeah, it's, it's tragic, but I've seen some of those people that initially responded that way then turn around yeah. as well. So there's the hopeful stories. All right, howdy, Pastor Mark Driscoll and my best friend. Grace. Grace. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny. We recently, I was thinking about it. We recently celebrated. 33 years from our first date. 33 years from our very first date. We started as 17 year old kids in high school and uh, God has been super, super faithful and gracious. And here we are today. So, hey, thank you for giving us the honor of uh, hopefully pointing you to the Lord Jesus and a healthy life together, holding hands, making memories and laughing deeply. And uh, here at the uh, Real Marriage Podcast, we are supposed to encourage you wherever you listen to podcasts to leave us not a one, not a two, not a three, not a four, but a five star review. <laughs> and if you can't do that, just remember, grace is involved. That should motivate you to leave a five-star <laughs> review. So maybe, baby, uh, go ahead and read uh, one of the examples. This is from Lucas underscore Jordan. Great information and so practical and helpful. Thank you, Mark and Grace. My wife and I have been listening and going through the book of Ruth together. I appreciate the information and resources I am able to gain through the podcast. That's cool. We did a whole season on the great love story of Ruth. That's back in the catalog if you want to follow it. For this series, we're asking four questions. And so the big idea is this. We just are sort of nearing the end, hopefully, Lord willing. Let's Regrouping pray. after Regrouping COVID. after <laughs> COVID. Yeah, the snow globe got shook on planet Earth and things are starting to fall back to the ground into their rightful place. And uh, for many people, they are looking forward. Okay, here's all the things I get to do. I get to travel and go out to eat and hug somebody and go to church and sing. And, you know, they're looking forward to things. But we want to say, looking back on this bizarre year that the whole globe suffered through the same thing simultaneously, which is virtually unprecedented. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's the kind of season that they'll be writing about in history books forever. Yeah. Um, the Bible says that if you walk with the wise, you grow wise. Mm. Um, and the Bible encourages a lot to find faithful friends. One of the great themes of the book of Proverbs, for example, is finding wise people who are faithful friends to walk with them and to learn from them. And so uh, the question that we want to ask each other, and then we want you to ask each other and have a conversation about as a couple, um, looking back on this past year, who are some of the people that really extraordinarily served as an incredible example. During this past year, honey, we've seen some people without sharing names. We've seen some people that they've really made some self-destructive decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, we thought that they knew and loved the Lord and we're praying for him. We want good for him. But man, some of the decisions that they made were really painful to watch. Mm -hmm. I don't know if without sharing names and addresses and phone numbers, but maybe just some examples case studies of people who during a hard year, they didn't act wisely. They made some decisions that really increased their pain. Uh, as you're thinking about it, I mean, I, I know some guys who they basically just drank months away. Mm -hmm. They they weren't sure what to do. So they self-medicated. And, and as a result, they weren't emotionally present with their family and or they were just uh, angry. 
Um, and they weren't really dealing with reality and leading the family and making decisions. They were kind of just drunk on the job. Mm-hmm. And statistically, a lot of people did that. Alcohol sales uh, were, were through the roof. Uh, for some people, there was divorce. There was some major divorces. Some people were home together and just decided, I, I don't want to be with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it put some pressure on the marriage, unfortunately, um, that was already in a fragile position. Um, I can also think of some people who made some very foolish financial decisions. Mm-hmm. They were afraid that the sky was falling. So they, at, like at the bottom of the market, they liquidated everything out of their accounts and sold all their stocks. And they did so at the worst possible time. And as a result, they've created some pain for their family, for their future. And so mm-hmm. when pressure, when uncertainty, when fear, when anxiety comes, uh, sometimes people, we love them and we're people too, but we make some decisions that are really foolish or self-destructive or self-harming. I don't know if any other just sort of categorical examples come to mind for you. No, I mean, it, there's people we love and we don't want them to respond out of fear and we can all be tempted to do that in these seasons. And so, yeah, it's it's tragic, but I've seen some of those people that initially responded that way then turn around yeah. as well. So there's the hopeful stories. So looking back to, though, our question to you as the listener and for us to each other would be, who are the people that, man, they really surprised you? They they made some really wise decisions. I mean, the Spirit of God was very present in their midst and their decision-making. And looking at them going forward, you're like, those are the people we'd like to talk to. Those are the people we'd like to learn from. Those are the people maybe we'd like to hang out with, or if they don't want to be our friends, uh, at least maybe they could kind of be our mentors and at least we'd sit down and just ask them some questions. Are there any, um, without sharing their names, honey, any people that through the course of this past year, you're like, man, I, I was really encouraged by them. And I, I learned from even observing them. Yeah. I mean, I can think of some people that initially even started out in fear and realized shortly after that it was fear and it wasn't wisdom. And so they um, pivoted and then started making healthy decisions. And then they were a huge blessing to others because of that. And and because they started out in fear, they were they could empathize with those who were still living in fear and helped those kind of rescue those people from that fear. Um, so I really appreciated those people that were willing to walk that process with the Lord and God was gracious with them. And then they learned how to be gracious with others in that um, process as well. Um, I think, I mean, I, I heard a lot of stories of people that, um, doubled down in a good way in their marriage where, yeah, they were together a lot all of a sudden and allowed God to use it as that opportunity to let them regain a a healthy friendship. Yeah. There's time there for deeper conversations. Some issues are not just drive-by conversations. You need some hours in this last year provided those windows of opportunity if you took them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, some marriages just absolutely went to the next level and they never would have expected that through something like this. And so I really um, respect them for diving in and doing the work of you know, having those conversations and figuring out how to work side by side in the home together and how to work together with parenting and how to work together in their relationship with the Lord. It really, um, I saw a lot of that um, with people that we are in community with. So that was a sweet thing that the Lord did for them. We were uh, recently out of town with a couple that are newer friends of ours in recent years, godly people. We love them. They're super great. 
And uh, we were all going for a walk on the beach. They were holding hands. We were holding hands, just visiting as couples and kind of catching up. And the husband uh, said something to the effect of, uh, this was one of the greatest years of my life, and this was one of the greatest years for my marriage. And they've been married a long time, and they're mm-hmm. grandparents, and they love the Lord, and and they're great people. And I said, why is that? And he said, I just got way more time to build a friendship with my wife and my kids and my grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, we were together a lot more. And he yeah. said, I, I, it was a sacred year. He's like, I, I really got more time with the people I love the most. Yeah. And I thought, boy, that's a, that's a much better perspective than... Why is everything closed? Why can't I leave my family? It's mm-hmm. like, hey, thank God, I get more time to be with my family. Yeah. And he used it as a gift from God to really invest. And so it built his marriage, it built his relationship with his adult children, and it really built his an even deeper friendship with his grandkids. Mm. And the grandkids feel closer to grandpa than ever before. Yeah. And if you ask them, how was the year? I mean, they're little kids. They don't know what's going on in the stock market or, you know, what they're doing over at the vaccine manufacturer. <laughs> All they know is they're getting more time at grandpa's house, eating ice cream and making memories. Yeah. And so there were some people in our life that as I watched them navigate all of this, I'm like, man, they really, they took what could have been a crushing season and they made it into a supernatural opportunity. Yeah. And it's genuine joy. Like there are people who kind of coat things over with pretend joy. um, But the people that we're talking about are people that really have this deep joy from the Lord in their circumstances. And, and it's, it's beautiful to see. And those are the people that we want to look to for wisdom. Those are the people to seek wise counsel from and say, how did, how did you do that? What did that look like for you? How did the Lord kind of train you up in that season? Um, it's great to have those people in our life. Yeah, and there were some of the people in our some couples that we know, they would check in regularly and uh, they're generous and they're mm-hmm. saying, okay, we know that people have needs and struggles. And so we want to meet those needs. Yeah. So as you see needs come available, we want to buy groceries for single moms. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to help with technology for kids that suddenly are not able to go to school, but they're stuck at home doing Zoom calls. And so there were certain families that they just multiplied their generosity. Yeah. And in the middle of difficulty, they didn't become selfish. They became servants. And they were still consciously aware of the needs of others and the opportunities for ministry. And, um, and some of those families really did some incredible things mm-hmm. to provide practical needs like meals and laptops and iPads and internet access and babysitting and, and just help to those mm-hmm. around them in need. And so, yeah, it's interesting because sometimes when there is that kind of stress and duress, you, you do sometimes see the worst in people. Mm-hmm. You see looting and rioting and, you know, all kinds of self-destructive behavior. And then sometimes you see evidence of the spirit of God in someone where all of a sudden they're, they're an even better version of themselves Mm -hmm. than they were before the, the pressure came. Yeah. And so our question to you would be looking at your life and the people in it, who are the people that over the course of the last year, they really proved to be wise, not perfect, but wise. And what this year provided for us is a unique opportunity for a complete relational reset. Usually what happens in life, you've got your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your extended family, the people that are in your church or you're in some organization or activity with, and you just keep stacking up relationships. Um, And the only time you really lose one is if it goes really negative or painful. And then in a year like this where you're just not seeing people Mm -hmm. like the normal routine or the drive-by conversations and activities. 
uh, holidays, all of that is completely, you know, temporarily suspended to varying degrees. The question is, as you enter into the next season that God has for you, do you really just want to pick up all of those relationships where they left off? Or are there some people that you love them, but that was for a season? There's other people that they're not going to be your closest friends or wise counsel because mm-hmm. of the way they conduct themselves. And some other people you look at and you say, my goodness, if, you know, if growing with the wise makes you wise, if walking with the wise makes you wise, these are people that we want to get to know better and we want to make some, some opportunity for them to be in our life and our, our family to be connected to their family. Mm-hmm. And through it all, I'd say even with the kids, we met some incredible families that had good marriages and godly kids, not perfect, but incredible people. And sometimes when life is normal, you don't really know who the wise people are and who the foolish people are and who the evil people are. And then everything changes and you get to see more clearly kind of who you're dealing with. And some of these people that I can think of, some of these families, supernatural, remarkable, beautiful families, great marriages, incredible examples, and through difficult circumstances, set amazing, amazing examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to see who your friends were too. I mean, some of the people, some people really struggled and in those struggles, could you be yourself and who was willing to let you be yourself and who was out there rebuking you and not loving you through it, you know? And if you were trying to be helpful, who was stepping up with you and trying to help and serve, it's, you really, it did expose people's hearts and, and I think there were some surprises in that for people um, in good and bad ways. And so I think being able to sit and evaluate, not judge, but evaluate, like rightly assess um, each person in your life and how they contributed, or if you're supposed to go back and minister to them because they're not ministering to you and your growth forward, um, or maybe there's a boundary that needs to be set. Um, maybe they don't help you build your marriage or your relationship with Jesus, which are the two key components of a healthy relationship. Um, then if they don't do that, then maybe there's a boundary. Maybe there's, you know, something that God is asking you to do there to, to, love them, but also not spend excessive time with anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of things to evaluate in relationships going forward. And I would say, honey, just in closing, I guess I feel a little compelled to just say, this year, for many of you, was a very hard relational reset with extended family. Mm. And sometimes you don't realize some of the unhealthy relationships you have with extended family because you endure extended family in a way that you wouldn't a typical relationship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes family can say and extended family can say and do things that if anyone else did, you're like, I, I'm not putting up with that. I'm done with this. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is not acceptable, but because they're family, we tend to have a higher pain threshold and work around them and try and accommodate them. And then when a hard reset comes to where you're like, we're not going to do Christmas together this year, we're not doing Thanksgiving together, or we're not going to all get together for summer vacation, or we're not going to, we're not going to go see them. And it's not that you're avoiding them or ignoring them. It's that life circumstances have forced that upon you. Then the question is, as things start to open up again, and opportunities start to increase again, do you want to go back to those? Do you want to re-enter into those relationships on those terms? And And if not, I'll just close with this. But I mean, it really comes down to having either a closure conversation or a clarifying conversation. A closure conversation is, 
you know what? We're just going to take a break from this relationship. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not, you can't just call and yell at me. We're not going to just do the holidays with you. You know, we got a break and we love you, but honestly, we, we kind of liked it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that we're rejecting you, but we're rejecting this behavior. And until the behavior changes, the relationship can't be. Right. So we'd love to have the relationship, but not the old one. Mm -hmm. And that's a closure conversation. That's the talk that we're not going to keep talking about this. The clarifying question is going forward, this is what the relationship is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And Jesus had a closure conversation with Judas. What you want to do, you go do that. We're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. With Peter, he had a clarifying conversation. If you love me, you love my sheep, you're going to feed them. Here's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And it was resetting that relationship. And so this is a sacred opportunity for all of us to, to ask the question, you know, who are the people that really we want to walk with, learn from, do life with, um, that really prove their character under difficult circumstances? And what are the other people that, you know what, we, we don't want to, we don't want to have a close future. The other people that you would say need to have a clarifying conversation of, you know, for it to be healthy and go forward, this is what it would need to look like. Because uh, sometimes you're around maybe extended family or coworkers and it's unhealthy or it's toxic or it's negative, but it's so constant that you're more used to it. Yeah. And then when you've not been around them for a long time and you're around them again, you're like, Oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. that's, that's really terrible. Mm -hmm. But I got so used to it. I, I wasn't aware of it. Right. And so our question to you would be, you know, relationally resetting, what does the future look like? And who are the people this past year that really surprised you that maybe you can even encourage and thank them for the example that they've set and pursue them for closer relationship because those are the people you want to do with, life with rather, because those are the people you want to do life like. And so these can be some sort of tender conversations. So honey, maybe you pray for them as we now assign them to have a conversation about the relationships and the people in their life going forward. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to just assess this. And I pray for discernment and wisdom as people pray through their relationships. And Lord, if this includes their marriage relationship, that they need to kind of reset and reevaluate um, what their healthy marriage needs to look like. Um, I just pray that you'd give them courage to have those conversations and to dig in and do the work that it takes to love and serve one another in marriage. I pray that if there's relationships that are harming the marriages, that they would be able to unify and agree that they need to create boundaries there and have the courage to do that. And Lord, if there's helpful people surrounding them that help them in their relationship with you and in their marriage, that you would just allow them to get time with those people um, and, and be uh, willing to be invested in so that they can even grow closer together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pat.